Welcome, everybody, to our session, our podcast, Conversations with Authentic Leaders. For those of you who have uh, listened in on previous sessions of mine, know that I am passionate about leadership. I'm passionate about how leaders develop. I'm passionate about how influence is developed. Where does the ability to influence people come from? And my notion is that it has nothing to do with what your title is or what the degrees behind your name or the size of your office. That has nothing to do with leadership. You can't get promoted, folks, to being a leader. You get promoted to being a boss, but you have to earn the right to be a leader. And one of the very cool things about my work is, uh, and particularly these podcasts, is that I get a chance to talk to some really cool people, people that I have a great deal of respect for. And uh, the guy that I've, I've got on to have a conversation with us today is a person that I have a great deal of admiration and respect for. I met Chaz years ago, but we, uh, we were specifically, Chaz came to my uh, public workshop on authentic leadership. And I'm going to tell you, this guy really stood above the crowd in terms of how he was able to influence and inspire people in that uh, four days that we had together. So I've been looking forward to this conversation. He's a real cool guy, and he works for a really cool company. Chaz Waite, welcome. Thank you, David. That intro was awesome. I have shivers, and I'm pretty emotional now. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's wicked. Thank you very much, sir. Well, Chaz, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about you and a bit about your role in the company there. And I know you work for a tremendous organization, one that I have great respect for. So just tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so I cannot mention myself without mentioning uh, I'm married to one of the best leaders I know. Uh, she is a fantastic wife. She is a fantastic um, mother. Um, I also, you know, a part of me is also having an amazing son. Um we're, we're a fairly active family, and, uh, you know, we, we all have our passions, and we all fish together, and, you know, especially fly, fly fishing, that's uh, a huge passion in our, in our family. So it's kind of, that's wrapped up in, in, uh, in me and, and part of me, and, you know, I love building things and creating things and carpentry and blacksmithing and, you know, that, that symmetry of, of wood and steel together. Uh, building something beautiful that 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 sparks is uh, deeply seated in who I am. Um, you know, f- for my role, uh, I started in the trades when I was really young. By the time I was eighteen, I was running my own crew of guys. Uh, leadership always fit, um, and I think it's because of the big picture. I was always. It was always easy for me to see the big picture at the end of the day, not just how many studs we need, but, you know, how many houses we need to have done by the end of the month. So it's it's always been kind of interesting that way, uh, looking big picture, uh, setting the why for the team. Um, By the time I was 23, you know, I was a superintendent um, seeking seeking out more responsibility. uh, And I've always really enjoyed working in teams loved leading teams, like seeing the, the tangible results of a team effort. That, that really uh, puts fuel to the fire for sure. Um, my current role is construction manager. Um, I'm responsible for the overall direction of the field operations and 
establishing a productive field team. But uh, what really excites me about my current role is I get to have direct contact with all the people in my organization. And I love that about this role. This is an awesome crossover from being a just a simple guy in the mud, uh, building some cool buildings uh, to, you know, the crossover into the office uh, working, you know, on the business side of things. So it's, it's really, it's a really neat role for me and I, I'm really enjoying it lately. Um, my passion is definitely for people. Um, I think I really want to see people do better than they did. Um, and, and I think being able to be prickly and have, and have, you know, prickly, if that's a term, prickly conversations when nobody else has the courage to stand up and say, hey, you you are failing. What are we going to do about it together? I, I, I don't think it's calling somebody out on, on their failing and what are they going to do to fix it. I think is, you know, um, how can we help? How can we help this person um, together and, and really work as a team and not just try to single source anybody out? Um so my, my vision is to be able to create leadership at all levels. Uh, you know, being, being from the field, I, I've seen what a good leader, like a good laborer can bring to the team. I've seen what a good carpenter can bring to the team. I've seen what a, what a passionate apprentice can bring to the team. So I really, I really would love to build that um, uh, leadership at all levels, you know, with my with my branch, with my current role in Edmonton here, and so you know everybody has a voice and everybody's respected, um, you know, and and celebrate different ideas and different ways to work as a team because it's not always easy to work as a team and and to lead, you know, sometimes that leader doesn't want to stand up and and go against the grain, but I, I really encourage it with my team and. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting to see the the dynamic uh, when you see these people pop up and and go against the grain. I, I really enjoy that piece. So the thing that's inspired me the most in our last six minutes here of a conversation is that most people, when I ask them to describe their themselves and their leadership role, they have sort of a, an explanation about. You know, they have sort of a job description explanation. And you didn't start this conversation off by talking about your role. You, you start talking about your wife, your son, and who you are as a person. And then we kind of finally wound into kind of, it was almost an effort for you to tell me about your role in the company. And I'm wondering... Um, that that I'm assuming that that is a big part of your leadership philosophy, that you don't see the people on your team as a role, that you see them first and foremost as a human being. Is that a correct assumption? I mean, it's kind of that, obvious. That's, that's a very that's a very good assumption. Uh, everybody matters, and you know, uh, I, I came up with this. I don't know if you want to call it a slogan or a catchphrase. Um, everybody matters to me. Everything they do matter. Um, it's how you show up. How are you going to show up? Because that's what, that's what matters. Uh, it's not the skill. Skill can be taught. It, it's how you're going to show up. And I, the slogan I came up with was, uh, we're not born as 
individuals were born as teammates with amazing individual gifts that we need to share. And I, I, I just, it's something that, and I'm pretty creative with, with writing and, uh, it's something that it really hits home for me is you know, we're all teammates at the end of the day. And uh, I, that's how I see my, you know, the people I work with is, is just teammates. I think that's fascinating that, that you, we all, we, we don't, you're implying there that we don't learn to be a teammate. I mean, you can learn to develop those skills, but we're actually born a teammate and we're not born an individual in this world. That's kind of a cool philosophy, actually. I've yeah, never heard it articulated nobody, like that before. If you think about it, everything we do in our life is, is a team. Everything. No, not one person is alone. And, uh, you know, we might feel alone at some points in our life, but there's always teammates that rely on us to do what we need to do to be us. And that's what we need to share. Um, we all have amazing gifts. Um, I see the best gifts and the most simple things, uh, and I find I find joy in, in seeing somebody, um, you know, getting getting a certain task for the first time, and they get excited about it, or excited about when they come to work and they just had a new baby and the and the baby you know laughed for the first time or what? Like I get excited about that stuff, and when somebody is passionate about. Um, a subject, regardless if it has to do with work or not, it means they're alive, and we need to capture that energy and, and and just just hold it. And you know, the more we can hold that that positive um, energy from somebody who's passionate about anything, the more productive they'll be at the end of the day. And it just you you feel good because it is good, you know. So I have all this theory, and you actually kind of live it and and you know i i talk about this theory about being authentic and being real and and uh and getting past all the gimmicks and the fads and the flavors of the month and just being who you are and almost the way you're describing it is what i call the difference between eulogy virtues and and uh, resume virtues because you're really talking about capturing what do we want to be said about us at the end of our day and how would you describe personally authenticity and, and why being real and being honest and being who you are is vital to the work of building a good team? How would you put that in your words, Chaz? Uh, you know, authenticity is very important to me. Um, coming from the field as a craft worker, I started at the bottom of the totem pole um, I understand what it means to be walking around in the mud and the rain for weeks on end, pumping water um, with your boots that weigh 45 pounds each, plus your tool belt, plus your extra clothes. <laughs> I know what real cold feels like in minus 45, trying to stand walls and trying to fly columns and trying to keep the crew going and trying to pour concrete at that weather. You know, I know I know how much sight um site work and site stress uh, and what the stress go the team goes through for stress. I, and I don't want to, for me, I want to keep that. I want to keep that understanding. I want to, I, I never want to lose. I know what it's like to be them. Uh, again, my favorite part 
of, of what I do now is the people getting to know them, getting to know what makes them happy. Um, cause that makes me happy. You know, if we find some, if somebody likes a particular task or, you know, likes working with a particular team, um, that makes me happy. And, and then you get, and then you get to see the pride of accomplishment. You know, the, their presence is true and how much they're proud of their work, you know? And, um, I, I really feel that, you know, authenticity has a lot to do with caring and listening. Um, it's, it's easy to talk over somebody. It's hard to listen to somebody, uh, when they need to be listened to. So, um, you know, as a part of being a leader, you know, in authenticity is, do you make an effort to listen? Um, that's what I ask myself uh, every time there's a prickly situation is, do I make an effort to listen? And that kind of recenters me for, for whatever may come. But um, I, I think it's huge in, in, in what we do and, and how much we care. So I think there's, there's a dyma- dynamic there that's tied together in, in, in listening and caring and, and being just being with other people, other teammates and, and, you know, look back at the hard times and smile, look forward to the good times and, and cheer, you know? So I think, you know, I get, I get inspired through the interactions with other people and and to hear their stories and to really listen. So, well, Chaz, you, you totally inspire other people by your energy and, and your passion and it, it all sounds good in theory, but you know, you work on a construction team, you got budget, you got deadlines, you got pressure like like all of us do. How do you actually make that real? When you say how important it is to, to listen to people, how do you make room for that? I hear this so many times, leaders say, well, I'd like to, but there's just not time to do that. How do you respond to that? Well, that's a great question. Um, You know, one of one of hmm, that's a great question. I think what we need to do as as a leader, um, and in a leadership role, is step away from technology. I, I think that's a big piece. Um, turn the phone off. Um, when somebody comes into your office, turn your computer off. Uh, when you're on site, make sure you're not distracted by your phone. Like it's all those little things that can add up. We're diseased by technology, as uh, I'm pretty sure you you would agree with me. Um, if I'm not being too presumptuous, but um, how do you make the time? I, I think it's about how much do you care. Um, how much do you care to to deal with somebody at their worst? How much do you care to su- support somebody at their best? You know. I think that's a big, I, I really feel that caring is directly tied to the, to the listening and how we look at it. And it, it means showing up too. I mean, you got to be out there on, on site and you got to be yeah. wandering around and really listening and understanding and, and asking questions. And, and again, maybe it's as simple as caring enough to just really show up for people, huh? Yeah, I, I truly believe that that's, you know, if, if we want to get down to a simple thing, 
that I live by, and it's I care for every single person on my team. And I'm getting, I, I get super emotional about when I think about it because I actually do. Um, when I see those guys out in the rain, out in the snow, like I care that, hey, you know what? I was there. I did that. And look at, look at what they're building. That is awesome. Every single person that steps onto my job sites deserves to be high-fived. So, Chaz, the, the next question for me is, how did you get to be this kind of a person? And, you know, it, it, to, it's, it's probably just sounds kind of natural for you because, as I say, our, we don't see our gifts because they're so close to us. They're just a part of who we are. But you have a gift. So often in the construction business, and I don't like to ever stereotype, but often what we do is that we get really good carpenters or we get really good electricians or we get really good project managers. But... Sometimes the technical skill or the professional skill doesn't always equate to always having people skills. You can be a really good carpenter but not be very good with people or good with electrician, you know, electrical skills and not know how to connect with people. How did you learn how to do both? How did you learn? Part of it is I know you have, you care and that is within you. So... I mean, what, one of the questions I would have is, where did you learn how to care? Like, I, it was probably in you. But what, you know, you know, having been through my retreat, that we, we look at defining moments, those moments that make us who we are today. And sometimes they're the harsh, painful, dark moments of our life. Uh, mm -hmm. What were the experiences that you've had? What would you say would be some of the defining moments for you or defining leaders or mentors that came into your life that made you who you are to have you think this way? Uh, that's, that's a very deep question. And, um, <laughs> you know, to, to start off, I, I, I have a really, I had a really strong bond with my grandmother and I have a really strong bond with my mother. I think that's, uh, you know, my mom always was always the one pushing us to go and try. Go try it. You know, she go try that. Let's let's do this. Let's do that. Like she was very, she she motivated us. We'll say. Uh, as, she was as an encourager. Yeah, yeah. She she was she was good at encouraging. Yeah. And um, you know, as as I've you know gone through my life with. You know, as, as I've been growing up and, you know, you, you start a family and all of a sudden, uh, you know, my wife and I have a child. And uh, one of the biggest, I think, life-changing moments for me is finding out, hey, uh, dad, you're going to be a special needs dad. Uh, and your son is going to require 24 hours uh, a day care. So this... We, we all have children and, you know, this, this life experience of, of growth. Um, and then, you know, when you're a dad, you always have thoughts of what norm, uh, normalcy should look like. You always have the aspirations of this is what I'm going to do with my son. And, and then you have this, this shock of, um, you know, hey, guess what? Your, your child's not going to be like that um, 
he's going to require 24 hours a day care. And there's a lot of stuff that you, you're going to have to think outside the box for. Um, so when you go through that, I'm going to call it a, a, a depression of normalcy. When you go through that, um, you know, the things that are unequivocally high and low, um, I really feel that that was one of the things, you know, be, being a dad to my son, Nolan, has has really taught me to be more patient, uh, stressful situations, and, and, and care deeply for everyone around you. Um, to be able to carry that weight when no one else can, you know, to believe in the goodness of, of simple and uh, to laugh more, enjoy it, uh, to, to try and be okay with not okay. That, that, like we, we can say that, but um, yeah, it's, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a huge pressure on, on, on being a dad that um, you, know, you have to give 24 hours care to somebody. Uh, to, live, to, to live for another, to serve, to serve for that child. Um, that, that's really, I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, has, has changed me. Uh, Nolan has it, been it, a tremendous teacher for you then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to talk about, um, you want to talk about moxie and, and courage and, you know, brave. You know, my son, um, he's nonverbal, but he still goes to school with a smile on his face every day. Um, he has been teased from other kids. Um, and yet he goes to school every day and he smiles and he enjoys it and he enjoys the friends that he does have. He enjoys the teachers and every day it, it, it's not easy. It's not easy for him, but he gets up every day and he, and he goes and enjoys it. So it's huge, huge, Huge passion for my son, yeah. I also sense from your conversation here, Chaz, that you're reluctant to put him into a box and that you're reluctant to, to give a, a label and to limit him in some way. Can you speak to that? Yeah, that, that, uh, that is an ever-evolving thing. Um, you know, I'm, it took me a long time, again, uh, getting over getting over the the not normal I don't have a normal child that took me a long time um, and thinking outside the box uh, it's kind of funny because like I said in, in the beginning we're a very active family so if I want to do something or he wants to do something um, we go and do it regardless of we'll figure it out and we'll go and do it um, he is in a wheelchair and, uh, he loves fishing. It's, it's like, it's one of his favorite things to do. And we just figured out, we figured out how to, how to go and do stuff. Um, there was a comment. We do a little, uh, kind of like a slideshow for the kids at school once a week. And, uh, it's just Nolan's news. Like what did Nolan do this weekend? And, you know, it's a way that he can communicate with his peers and it's, it's funny because a lot of times uh, my wife will get comments back like, Nolan gets to do more stuff than I do. So, you know, I think it's, it, it just takes moxie and it takes thinking outside the box and, 
um, just just trying trying to be able to do stuff is the biggest thing. I, I know it's very hard for a lot of parents that have special needs kids. Uh, getting out of the house is is complete anxiety. So I get it. You know, I find it fascinating. Um, you say we all have children, and I think we all have children in our lives. And who better to to model authenticity than to hang out with kids? Even if we're not a parent, there's all kinds of opportunities to reach out to the children in our communities and to learn from children in our communities, and to and to invest our time. And my sense would be how is just how much impact that kids can have on our life and and I guess a kid with a special a child with a special need and 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 particular needs like this it probably slows you down to allow Nolan to influence you as opposed to kind of taking him for granted as just another child in your family and I'm not articulating that very well but does that speak to you at all does and I get I get what you're trying to say. Um, like I've said, like I've said to other people, you celebrate the smallest wins. Why? Because it's something to celebrate. Um, something like a laugh or a smile, a facial expression, is so key to pick up on. You know, and that goes not only with a child that uses. Uh, facial and tone uh, to express himself but like for the people you work with too um i I find that my senses are a little bit more in tune because i've had to be in tune um and i can pick up on small cues uh, um and and you got to celebrate the little wins i i think you got to take time to celebrate a good day you know we we all have good days we all have bad days When's the last time you celebrated a good normal day? You were productive. Um, you got a lot of work done, and you got to work with some cool people. Um, you know, when's the last time we just celebrated a normal work day? That those are the days we got to sit back and go, yeah, this is life. This is this is why I do what I do because I get to work with awesome people. You know. How can you speak to how this child has impacted your family? You started off by talking about your life partner, your wife, and how has that impacted your marriage? And what the other thing I want to ask you is what it's a little off topic, but what would you like those of us who don't have a child with special needs? What do we need to know about how to respond to a family with a child with special needs? What do we need to know about? Chaz? Mm. Our, the relationship with my wife has definitely strengthened. Uh, I think you, 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 you definitely learned to communicate. Um, there, there was times when Nolan was first born, so we're talking, he's six months old, we were in the stallery full time, and uh, I was working as a superintendent at the time, so my days were anywhere from 12 to 13 hours a day. Um, and then I would go straight from work to the Stollery hospital and, uh, I would high five mom on the way by while she went home for rest. 
And then I would be at hospital uh, most of the night, and we would high-five each other on the way by at 3 in the morning so I could go home to rest and then get up and go to work at uh, 5.30 in the morning. So when when you have this um, teammate, this team partner that you were intimate with, and then all of a sudden um, you're just a teammate supporting each other, and there's zero time for you know anybody but the child. You you you. It's hard. It's very hard on relationship and communication. Um, I would say communication and being open and honest with each other um, is is the biggest thing. Um, and and then what to say to other families uh, if they don't have a special needs child or they know somebody with a special needs child is. Um, what does support look like for that family? Is it a, is it a, Hey, how you guys doing? Why don't we come over to your house? Cause it's a lot easier to come over to your house. You guys have all the lifts and everything. Um, or how about, uh, how about we, we come over and, you know, do you want us to, to do some respite for, for you guys while you go out on a date night, we'll learn how to do, you know, the child's care. Um, I, I definitely wasn't born a nurse, but I have done IVs, I have done catheters, I have done uh, NG feeding, he is a G-tube fed now, like uh, oxygen suction, man, I, I know the doctor's lingo, <laughs> so I can, definitely, I can definitely teach it, but uh, be patient with, with people with special needs child, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard, and I, the message would be: just be patient. Um, it's it's always every day is is a challenge, and uh, you know just 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 learn to love them. And if they put their hands up for help, um, what can you do to support? Well, you know what inspires me in this conversation is is this, and I'm going to try to articulate this as best I can, but. We live in a world that, where we live in silos and we, we catalog our life and we have our work life and then we have our personal life and we have this wall between the two and we, we traditionally, and I'll speak for my generation, traditionally have this, okay, I'm going to have what we call work-life balance and, I, and you know, I've got to separate work. And what you've done is shown how who you are in your family reflects who you are at work. Like you're the same person and, and you embrace all of these challenges in your personal life. And it's, you could very easily just segment that away and then go to work and block that out. And somehow or other you've blended those two together. And it's not the same kind of blending as bringing your cell phone home and constantly have requirements at work while you're trying to connect with your personal relationships. That's not the kind of blending I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of blending that this whole experience in your family has just enriched the way that you work in your pers- in your work life. And it just seems to be integrated is the best word that I can come up with. Can you can you articulate what that is for you to integrate your 
personal life, with your work life, and to bring and it 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 is authenticity at its finest in my mind because you're just who you are, and 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 I think that's why you inspire people because you you don't put on any kind of front to say, well, I'm going to switch roles here and be a different kind of person at work. Can you articulate what that means to you? All that rambling. Mm. It's not rambling. It's it's very well put. Um, I I think first and foremost, if you want to be a good leader, if you want some social license, you need to care. Um, and and for me, I I couldn't tell you what that secret sauce is. How like why it carries over. Uh, I think you just need to honestly. Um, you know, self-reflect and 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 care. Open up your heart. Um, care as much about your 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 work as as you do your family. And if you don't, if you're not as passionate about what you're doing, I I strongly think that's you should you should look at that. You should you should have inspiration when you think of work. It's work is work is hard. That's why we call it work. But you should be inspired to to go to work. Um, but I think it's deeply seated in the caring. How much how much heart do you have? And I think if anybody wants to be a good leader, they have to look inwards and say, "How much caring can I give?" Again, I I don't feel we're born as individuals. I think we're born as teammates with these amazing individual gifts that we can bring. Um, I'm not the best concrete guy. I am, I am the worst. Anybody who's seen my concrete, and um, they know I'm not, I'm not the best concrete guy. But you know what? I'm the best bring that guy a coffee guy. <laughs> so, so you know, like um, how I, I finding that secret. How do you show up? Yeah. How how do you how much do you want to care? I think that's really what somebody has to ask themselves. Well, well, you've talked about your grandmother. You talked about your mother. How else would you articulate being this kind of person? I mean, Nolan undoubtedly has impacted you. Your wife undoubtedly has impacted you. Has but you also brought into these relationships an openness a caring, um, a spirit that I would suggest you were probably born with. But how would you articulate anything else in terms of the impact, experiences in your life that's that's made a difference to you? Well, yeah, one of, one of the big things, and I don't know why this is a thing for me, but um, like I said, I, I started out in the lower ranks when it comes to work. And... Uh, I was boots on the ground. And the whole reason I became a superintendent, there's there's some motivation behind why I became superintendent, is because I was treated, when I was a young apprentice, I was treated very poorly by a certain senior superintendent. You know, he was rude, he was ignorant, arrogant, spiteful, um, degrading. And I... I, I would challenge him on the way he thought about things because I could, you know, hey, how about we do this or how about we work this way? And, 
I would get yelled at and belittled in front of the whole team. And um, going through something like that when when you're you know 19, 20, um, 21, uh, when you have a superintendent standing over at you and, and flicking cigarette butts at you, and you know, um, I, I swore to myself, you know what? One day I'm going to be a superintendent. I'm going to I'm going to listen to my team. I'm going to care about the people who I work with and I'm going to be a leader, not this guy. And that was a big, that was a big defining moment for me. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I'm, I'm thinking 19 or 20, uh, I didn't work for that company for very long because of that instant, but, uh, it, it stuck with me because I swore I was never going to be like that guy. You can learn from a bad boss as much as you can from a great one, huh? Yeah, 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 that's for sure. And I've had, like, I've worked for some fantastic people um, who were the complete opposite and um, who challenged me and, and who were, you know, supporting but challenging at the same time. So I think that's important to challenge people as well. You must have your team stick around. Like, uh, there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who would be lined up to come and work for you. You must have pretty good longevity and retention with your team. We, I really care for every single person on my team, whether they're new or they've moved on. Um, and it's okay to move on, too. Um, you know, if that means growth for another individual, that's I'm I'm happy for that individual. Um, I I think it's really important. Uh, like at, at Shandos, we don't really pigeonhole you into a certain um, role. It's it's who what do you want to bring to the team is is really what you know what what kind of person do you want to show up as is what we're looking for when it comes to leadership and, and being passionate about what you do. I think that's why I really like uh, working here is if you're passionate at what you do, um, they'll support you in any, any way, shape, or form. So, Well, let me tell you, I could go on in this conversation for a long time. Like you've, you've totally inspired me, and I know you've, you've offered a great gift to our listeners today about what does it really mean to be authentic and, you know, you've really presented this, you know, and reinforced my notion that it's not about the, any kind of an illusion of perfection or having it all together. It's just humbly caring and going about helping people be the best they can be. Is there anything, Chaz, that I have not asked you that you want to share philosophy, your experience, your upbringing, your background, anything you want to share with us that uh, just in, in wrapping this thing up that I haven't asked you? You know, I, I, first of all, I'd like to say thank you uh, f for putting on um, the other Everest. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough and lucky enough and and uh, busy enough to go to this leadership thing. And, and <laughs> uh, the experience of, of the, the whole experience with the team and you, David, was absolutely just another another inspirating thing that I've done 
um, that really puts, you know, puts fuel on the fire for me. You know, it, when you, when I took the time to really look inward, it awoke that inspiration again. Um, I noticed that I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to write my story. I wanted to, I wanted to instantly share my story to help others. Um, and, and I realized I have a stronger passion for people and it, that it's not okay to know everything right now. Um, the biggest impact, you know, on my journey inwards uh, was realizing how much passion and caring that I want to bring as a leader to a team. Um, to be able to stand up when no, no one else wants to stand up um, and, and be prickly when nobody else has the courage to be prickly. Believe in the good of helping others, you know, gain confidence in themselves. I really love seeing a team member, you know, that I've worked with succeed in a, in a bigger role. I, I just, I get so excited for those people who, who step up, take on more responsibility, hold their hand up and say, yes, I can do this. You know, and I, I just, it's a win for me. And I, and I, when I going to the other Everest, I, it was such an awesome experience because I found that, you know, caring is everything, you know, caring, finding that caring place inside, um, you know, it just helped the people around me. It made me more inspired to do better, to stop and think, uh, not just, not just for me, but to, you know, for everybody around me. So it was a big, it was a big it's a big thing that journey inwards that looking inwards it's it's not something that you need to you know either a person is ready for that journey inwards or they're just going through the motion and and i think everybody ends up at the same place you know is caring for others as much as yourself really makes you feel better yeah i can picture a big part of your leadership is helping people grow and, you know, you've just brought to my mind actually two really, really insightful things today that I had never looked at, that we're born a team member and we're born a team player and knowing instinctively how to do that, bringing individual gifts to that. And the other thing that I, that I just picked up in this last minute here is that retention isn't always a measurement of good leadership, that if you're if people leave for the right reasons, if you help people grow beyond this role that they have, or maybe there isn't a good fit here, you help people move on. Um, it's it's not about uh, controlling people to stay in a role that doesn't fit for them. And I think you're you know being authentic. It really reflects on your capacity to help people be authentic and find a role that where there's a good fit for them too. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I, you have to wake up in the morning and you have to be excited. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying super excited, oh my God, I get to go turn my computer on. I'm saying <laughs> I'm so excited. I get to work with Jen down the hall. I, I get to work with Amy up in Grand Prairie. I get to work with Rob Lieber in Leduc. Like, those are my teammates. That's what I get excited about. We all have to find that thing you get excited about. Again, work is work. We, we all do this for money at the end of the day. Um, but but 
it should be something that you care about because it makes it it makes it a life worth living. Well, thanks for reminding us all and helping us put it in perspective. And thanks for inspiring me today. It's been a total gift to have you to have this conversation with you. And it's to me, it's just reinforces my philosophy, but you live it every day, my friend. So thanks, Chas, for joining this and giving us all a gift today, okay? Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciated it. Absolutely.